how about that? We've got some new intro music now after my requesting it for several weeks. Thanks to Matt Fisher, our technical guru here at the CIAC, for providing us with those great beats. It is springtime, sort of. At least uh, that's what the calendar says. And so with that, welcome to the CIAC cast as we start to preview some of our spring sports. And this week we will have a focus with uh, too many spring sports to fit into one podcast. This week we're going to focus on a few boys sports. Next week we will have some girls sports there that we will be talking about on the CIAC cast. So for those of you fans of some girls spring sports, don't fret. We will get to them. This was just the way it happened to work out this week. We've got a full slate of guests, starting with Pete Paguaga of the Torrington Register Citizen to talk about some boys golf. Another P, Pat Pickens of the Fairfield Citizen will be with us to talk about boys lacrosse. And a familiar voice in the Hartford Current's Tom Yance will also be with us. He will break down things in the upcoming baseball season. So lots of good conversation to get to. We'll begin with our regular feature, Things You Might Have Missed, on CIACsports.com. The first thing up is a correction, actually, from last week, and one that I apologize for. My mouth got a little bit ahead of my brain as I started talking last week about the upcoming spring sports season. I said that competition was going to begin on May 3rd, when, of course, in fact, it began on April 3rd, which was Wednesday of this week. So apologize for that error. Hopefully the teams and players and coaches all knew when they were supposed to get underway, but certainly apologize if we confused any of our fans or anyone else with that oversight. So again, apologies for that mistake last week. Just got a little bit ahead of myself there, looking at the calendar. Not a ton of other news from the week on things you might have missed, though I did want to mention the, and I mentioned the great technical work of Matt Fisher providing us with that intro music. He also has redesigned a few things on CIACsports.com, making it a little bit easier to find some tournament results, as well as the availability of our on-demand uh, videos for championship events. So if you go to the CICsports.com and then the specific sports pages, you'll hopefully find it a little bit easier to find out some of those tournament results, some of those recaps, some brackets, as well as the availability of those on-demand videos from CI- the CIC network and play on sports. So we hope you'll check all that out. You can also find those new uh, layout on the Tournament Central page if you want to be able to relive some of those championship moments. So we certainly encourage you to check those things out. And that's going to be about it in terms of new features on CACsports.com. So let's get right into our interviews for the week. One thing we really try to do here on the CIAC cast is to make sure we don't leave any areas of the state out, try to check in every now and then, make sure we're covering all of the different regions of Connecticut. So in that vein, we wanted to reach out to an area we haven't focused on all that much yet here on the podcast. We got in touch with Pete Paguaga of the Torrington Register Citizen. He chatted with us a little bit about boys golf, particularly the Berkshire League, as they get ready to begin their season. All right, we're joined on the phone now by Pete Paguaga, the sports editor for the Torrington Register Citizen. We, Pete, uh, thanks very much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Certainly. Uh, you know you cover uh, all sorts of sports for the uh, the Register Citizen here, but wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, boys golf as we as we get into the uh, head into the spring season a little bit and wanted to kind of focus on some of the, the teams in your area that are making some noise as, as we get going here. So first question, I guess, um, you know, obviously focusing a little on it your area, but obviously from what you've seen uh, around the state uh, as you've covered this, who are some of the teams that you think bear watching as we uh, as we get the boys' golf season underway here in the, the next couple of days? 
right, well, right off the bat, um, you know, in the especially in the Bercher League, um, Lewis Mills is easily the favorite. Um, they were the easily the most successful team in the Bercher League last year. They went 22 and one overall. They went 16 and zero in the conference, and they won the Division Three state championship last year. Uh, what's bad for other virtual league teams is they're only they only lost two players, right. uh, two golfers from last year, so they're bringing back just about everybody. Uh, also, you have Chapag. Uh They put up a strong season last year. They only lost one one big uh, golfer from their team last year, but uh, they're they're going to give Lewis Mills a run. But I think with the success that the younger that the younger kids had on Lewis Mills last year, it's going to be really hard for anyone to uh, to beat them. Sure. Yeah, and that's obviously uh, daunting for the opposition when the team that was kind of in front last year brings back most of its uh, most of its competitors. Yeah. Um, what are some of the uh, some of the individual players maybe that stand out for you uh, in in your area there? Uh, well, right off the bat, you know, stick with Lewis Mills. Um, you know, Andrew Bouchard, um, Bosher. Sorry, I can't pronounce it. He was all state, and uh, he's been a Bercher. He's been an all Bercher league selection his first three years. He's going to be a senior. Okay. Um, you know, and you got uh, Jordan Gilbert. He's a junior. He's one of the younger guys on Lewis Mills. Um, but you know, just to get away from Lewis Mills a little bit. But uh, you know, Chapag's bringing back a lot of guys. Uh, you know, Spencer Yal uh, Yal Yalgan. Sorry, I can't. It's a hard one to pronounce. No problem. Name. <laughs> He's a senior. His brother Griffin. Uh, they're both coming back. They were very strong last year. Uh, you know, the the Birch League is very young this year at the okay. other schools. Um, you know, like Nanawag only bringing back one senior. Oh wow. Uh, Tyler Smith. And then you have other schools like you know Gilbert, who is all young. Um, you know, their coach uh, Tom Hicks told me. You know, they have a young young group of underclassmen coming out for the team. But it's going to be a learning process. Sure. Uh, same with you know Terryville bringing back a lot of young guys. Um, Thompson and Wombogo, they have a combined team. They're bringing back a lot of young guys. So it's definitely a tra- right now. It's a transition period, I would say, in the Bercher League. Sure. But uh, certainly could see some you know some of the, some of those young guys step forward a little bit and have uh, have improved. Could could certainly tighten things up a little bit uh, as, as those teams try to challenge Lewis Mills, as you mentioned. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. What, how, just generally speaking, how would you say sort of the the, the Berkshire League schools have have fared? Uh, you know, obviously you mentioned that that state title for Lewis Mills last year in uh, Division Three. How have the the schools from your area generally, uh, you know, fared once they get sort of to the CIAC uh, state competitions? Um, overall, not really too well. I don't know the number offhand, but from looking at the records from last year when we uh, you know talked to coach and we went through the preview, I think. It was only Lewis Mills and Chapag that made it to the state um, to the state tour tournament. Yeah, it's it's uh, different. You know, the way the CIAC organizes uh, golf is different than every other sport. You know, it's Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and Division Four. Sure. But um, yeah, it wasn't. It, last year was not a banner year for uh, team wise in the uh, in the Bercher League. Definitely not a banner year. Yeah. But uh you know, there is a lot of room to grow. I was talking to one of the coaches and uh he was telling me that uh you know, the biggest thing is, you know, in other sports when you have younger players come in, you know, they've played baseball their whole lives. So it's like, all right, you know, you stick the kid at third base, you know, he kinda knows he knows how to play third base. But when you have younger golfers, you know, who played in middle school or played growing up and it's like, Okay, 
now we're going to go on the road and we're going to play, you know, at Lewis Mills home home uh, home course. These kids have never played on this course before. Sure. So it's a completely different, uh, you know, mindset. You're not, you know, it's not just playing golf. It's, well, you know, at Lewis Mills on their ninth hole, you know, there's a dog leg left. You know, but when you go to Nanawag, there there are no dogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a completely different mindset than any other sport. Right. Baseball you know, is baseball guys. probably pretty much wherever you play it, where that's that's not going to be the case uh, with a golf course. Yeah, with a golf course, it's very big. Uh, you know, I was, the, I was talking to Gilbert coach, um, Tom Hicks again. He was very, very friendly guy. But he was he was the one that was saying, you know, they went 0-12 last year. And, uh, you know, he said they have a lot of, you know, freshmen and child force coming out, but, you know, he said they're going, it's going to be a struggle at the beginning of the year. But, they're, you know, as the year goes on, the players learn the course. It's going to be a um, – they're going to get better as, as it goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's you know, certainly part of the fun. What you see at the beginning of the year isn't necessarily how, uh, how things are going to shake out at the end of the season. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, you know, one thing, and uh, we just uh, wrapped up a, a baseball conversation um, previewing the season a little bit, but it's, it's hard to, uh, to delve into any of the spring sports this year without talking a little bit about the weather, unfortunately. Um, from your conversations with coaches, how, you know, how challenging has it been for the teams to prepare for the season, you know, given the kind of weather and the kind of winter that we've had? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, just talking to any coach during the spring uh, before, you know, getting spring previews put together, I felt I felt terrible for the golf coaches because all the other coaches are, uh, you know, we're just going to practice in, uh, inside today. You know, uh, baseball had the gym, softball used the gym, golf used, uh, tennis used the gym, but when you get golf, you, know, you can't practice in the gym. Sure. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, practice. I mean, you can do like endurance and go to the weight room and stuff, but I mean, you know, there you can't like go into the hallways and just start teeing off. Yeah. So I think it. I think it's gonna be a slow start to the season for golf. Uh, I don't think, like you said, you know, what you see at the beginning of the year is not what you're gonna see at the end of the year, and I think that is, that is, very. That's gonna be a very big impact on the golf season. Um, because they haven't been able to get out as often as they would like. Uh, we were talking, you know, Torrington's also in our area, and um, we did a preview on them, and we was talking to the coach, uh, Joe, Joe uh, Minutolo, Min- Minutolo, sorry, uh, all the different names. But, sure. uh, you know, Torrington's huge again this year. You know, they were 14-2 last year, and, you know, they're bringing back a lot of, you know, all Copper Division players, uh, you know, all NVL type players. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, he's like, you know, it's nice to get out, you know, when you can, but they were getting out maybe once, maybe twice a week. Yeah. And this is right before, you know, the season starts. Yeah. So I think golf is really going to be affected by the weather early on. I think once uh, we get to mid-season, you'll see players, you know, shoot the scores that they should be shooting or that they're that they're capable of shooting. But I think early on it's going to be – I mean, most of these kids did play over the summer – but you know, a lot of these kids are also dual sport athletes. Sure. So I think that takes away um, from their game, just because if I know that there's been rumblings that the CIAC is looking, or there 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 have been rumblings the past few years about moving golf to the fall. Uh, I know that you know, I've read that somewhere. And just having golf in the spring and players playing over the summer, and then they play you know basketball or wrestling. I think that that. And now with the weather, I think it's going to really slow the beginning of golf down 
at the yeah. beginning of this year. Yeah, no, I think there's no doubt it's going to be a, a, a fits and starts kind of start for the, the year for the, uh, the golf Oh, program, yeah, I mean, so. if, if you have an opportunity to beat Lewis Mills at the beginning of the season, you better take it because by midseason you're not going to have a chance. Right, when, that, <laughs> when there's still some of that rust on the club, so to speak. Yeah. Um, any other uh, sort of storylines story or, or things that the, the fans can kind of look for uh, in the golf season as, as that uh, tease off, no pun intended, here in the next uh, week or so? <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's a really good possibility that Lewis Mills does not lose a match this year. Sure. Uh, I know I've talked a lot about them, but you really can't ignore the 22 and one from last year, 16 and 0 in the Berkshire League, and they're bringing everybody back. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's an extreme strong possibility that they will not only go undefeated, but I think that it's pretty clear that they'll be that they'll be in competition for the state championship, and I would not be surprised if they won it again. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, certainly something to look forward to, something to keep an eye on, and we appreciate the time from uh, Pete Pagag- Pagagwag. I'm sorry. Now I've screwed up your name after all that. <laughs> um, um, we, from the Torrington Register Citizen, you can check out his work online. You can follow him on Twitter. And uh, certainly uh, thanks very much for joining us, Pete. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me, Joel. Much thanks to Pete Paguaga for chatting with us here, and we uh, hope you'll check out his work at the Torrington uh, Register Citizen. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Pete Paguaga. That's Pete, P-A-G-U-A-G-A on Twitter. So be sure to check out his fine work. And now we'll move along to boys lacrosse, where we've got uh, one area of the state that uh, certainly is, is well known for its boys lacrosse. And in that vein, we reached out to Pat Pickens, another double P here for us, to chat a little bit about action in the upcoming boys lacrosse season, particularly down in the FCAC. All right. Happy to be joined on the phone now by Pat Pickens, the sports editor of the Fairfield Citizen, also a sports reporter for Hearst Company. And we appreciate him joining with us here to talk a little boys lacrosse. Pat, thanks for being with us. Joel, how are you? I'm doing great. Excited to uh, be getting into the spring season here. Hopefully the the weather will cooperate. And uh, obviously, um, you know, Fairfield County sort of known for some of its uh, its boys lacrosse program. So I wanted to chat with you here. As we get headed into the season, who are some of the teams that you think folks should be looking out for in the uh, the boys lacrosse world? You know, you, you mentioned the, uh, the weather, which uh, did not cooperate with us last night. Um, was in the low 30s watching one of the favorites in the FCAC last night, Darien, um, obviously defending champion in um, Class M. Yeah. And, uh, you know, powerhouse team, uh, lost a couple of Division One attack, but should be uh, there to reload. Uh, Peter Lindley attack for Darien scored six goals last night in a uh, 7-4 win over Fairfield Ludlow. Can't even complain about Darian's defense either. Uh, Kyle Gifford, Sam Mays, and uh, Drew Martzel for playing D for Blue Wave, and they held uh, Ludlow to just 14 shots on goal. I'd have to say that they're the favorite, probably in Class M to repeat. Um, as far as you know, around the state, you know, you can't you drift out of the FCAC. We don't even drift out of the county with Fairfield Prep, who has uh, basically its entire starting team, except for its goalie returning. Sure. Uh, this year, the, obviously defending uh, Division L champions from last year, knocking off Ridgefield. Uh, Prep suffered a, an opening day loss uh, to Chaminade on Wednesday, but we all know Chaminade's, you know, one of the finer programs in the nation. Yeah. Um, would not let that uh, result uh, fool me into thinking that Prep won't be among the state's best. And, you know, again, we mentioned the FCAC and uh, Ridgefield, who was the Division L runner-up last year. 
I uh, can't imagine they won't be back this year. Obviously, uh, you know, put forth a great effort on opening day, knocking off, you know, highly touted Greenwich. Um, that score was um, 10-5. So the Tigers, um, you know, even after, you know, some graduation and some some uh, losing some kids, you know, appear to be back. Yeah, absolutely. So certainly uh, the the competition down in, in your part of the state is, is certainly fierce, uh, whether whether notwithstanding. Uh, but uh, the the competition will certainly is very warm. Uh, you know, you hit on some of those teams. Who are some of the the kind of? And you mentioned a few players in there, but who are a few other players that maybe fans of lacrosse across the state should be looking at uh, to see some of sort of the top folks who uh, who who could be leading the way this year. I mean, I mentioned prep. Prep's got. Um basically its entire attack back, but also um, three Division One defenders in James Marusi, uh, Strucker Backey, and Andrew Hatton. Um, so, you know, Prep, who's fierce defensively to begin with, um, will have three Division One defenders returning. Their, their attack is loaded. Uh, I met Kevin Brown and Tim Edmonds, a couple of uh, – Division One prospects. I believe Edmonds going to Hart, uh, Harvard. Excuse me. Um, so you know they're the focal. I mean, Prep is the top team in the state according to the uh, New Haven Register poll, and you know there's just some of the pieces that the Jesuits will have uh, coming this year. Sure. Uh, any teams that kind of look to you like, you know, obviously you mentioned the, the, those favorites and, and schools that have, that have won some championships there. Any schools that kind of look maybe a little bit off the radar that, that could, or, you know, maybe if not contend for state titles, at least surprise some people this year? seems as if uh, it's old, uh, Brian McMahon is, a, uh, is one to watch here. Open their uh, opening day, they posted an impressive 17-1 win over Danbury. Obviously, you know, Danbury, not necessarily the uh, the the opposition that the fiercest FCAC opposition that McMahon will face all year, but uh, watch out for them. Watch out for for Staples starts outside of the uh, top ten ranking in the state, but you know, Paul McNulty's got a uh, quite a good squad returning this year, and they should be a team to watch. And also, you know, uh, watch out for Fairfield Ludlow. Uh, you know, posted a only lost to Darien seven four on. Wednesday night, I was impressed with the way they played. Um, you know, had some opportunities, had some possession, only did get the 14 shots on goal. But um, I was impressed with the way they played, and uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see them. You know, I feel like they're knocking on the door in that FCAC, you know, kind of uh, closing in on that, um, you know, that next level, trying to just basically get into the, that upper echelon, the FCAC, which you know, teams like Wilton and New Canaan and Greenwich and Ridgefield and Darien. It's uh, it's no small task to break into that, but I feel like the Falcons are close. Sure, yeah, and that's uh, as you said, some some rough company up there at the top <laughs> that they're they're trying to get in with. I've been asking this of all of our folks uh, who are who are providing us some insight on spring sports here, so I figure I should uh, maintain this question as we go forward. Um, obviously, anytime you're dealing with spring sports, the weather is, as you said, going to be a factor. What kind of sense have you gotten from talking to coaches or teams about how uh, you know their preparation has been for the season and whether you know that weather, the the unfortunate winter that we've had, has has affected that at all? Is that something you've been hearing from coaches and teams? Uh, sure. I mean, it's obviously affected their uh, their practice schedules, not even necessarily from a weather perspective, but also from um, the end of the winter season. Um, 
you know, the winter season, because we've had so much weather and, you know, there was the unfortunate, um, you know, scheduling thing with the Ingalls rink in New Haven, um, you know, the hockey uh, state championships were pushed back from the 16th of March to the 19th. And even, you know, Division Two final was the 20th into the spring season. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's been frigid. It was obviously frigid last night. But, um, you know, also, you know, just trying to get some continuity with, uh, with practice and with, you know, teams and, you know, trying to get winter sports athletes healthy yeah. in time for the starting for the start of the season yesterday. Um, you know, some talking with some coaches, they made it sound like, uh, you know, it might take a little longer to get going here. Obviously, the spring season is a sprint, too, or what, probably six weeks away from uh, from the conference tournaments. But, um, yeah, definitely has been the case that winter season, you know, going that extra few days um, certainly is having an adverse effect on uh, on some of the athletes and some of the teams. Yeah, obviously it's a challenging situation and, uh, you know, one that we're always going to be dealing with here in New England, <laughs> but uh, certainly hope that the the weather gods smile on us a little bit here for the stretch run mm-hmm. of the season. As you mentioned, it'll it'll come up much quicker, I think, than people are ready for. So, mm-hmm. Pat Pickens from the Fairfield Citizen, we appreciate you uh, getting on the horn with us here. We reached out to him very quickly and he responded. So, Pat, thanks very much and we'll look forward to uh, following all your stuff here as we get through the spring season. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. Excellent stuff there from Pat Pickens of the Fairfield Citizen. He certainly provides some great information on those excellent and very tough FCAC boys lacrosse programs. We appreciate his insight. But let's not waste any more time getting to our next guest. You know him from previous podcasts. We welcome in Tom Yance of the Hartford Current to talk a little boys baseball. Well, we're happy to be joined now by Tom Yance of the Hartford Current, who has the, uh, we'll say, the, the distinction of being our uh, our first two-time podcast uh, guest. He joined us during uh, basketball season right before the, the Boys Basketball Championship and now joins us to talk a little uh, baseball as we get headed into the spring season. Tom, thanks for, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So uh, you've had a posted um, a few things in in the Hartford Current over the last uh, couple days as we get ready for uh, to start the spring season, uh, previewing the upcoming baseball season. So wanted to talk a little bit about some of the. Let's start off with some of the teams that uh, you have kind of caught your eye heading into this season, or maybe teams that you think fans should be on the lookout for as we uh, we kick off the baseball season here. Oh sure, um, I mean Amity is going to be very strong this year. They have two stellar pitchers and, and Sam Nebiarski and, and Mike Concato, uh, pitchers that can beat anybody. They're, they're super strong. If uh, you really pitching, pitching is, is the dominant theme here. Bristol central has Matt Blandino. who's going to central Connecticut and he was nine and oh last season. A very, very solid pitcher. They are going to be very good. Really, uh, two small schools up here in the greater Hartford area are going to be very strong. Cromwell, the defending Class S champion, has uh, most of their players back. A very veteran club. Doug Davenport's the the star pitcher for them. And also Northwest Catholic, which has moved up from S to M. They have three pitchers returning who uh, combined for 18 wins last year. So uh, those are some of the strong teams. And let's not forget at all uh, defending Class L champion Shelton. Shelton is back, and and um, they are going to look to defend their title. And they have Ryan Testani, who's uh, headed to Seton Hall, but before he pitches for the Pirates, he'll be pitching for uh, for Shelton this year. 
Yeah, certainly uh, some solid teams coming back. It's interesting you mentioned the defending champions. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed looking back, uh, you know, just kind of getting ready for the spring here, that baseball, uh, certainly, you know, maybe even a little more than some of the other sports, has seen a lot of uh, parity in terms of the the teams that have won championships maybe over the last five years or so. You see very few, you know, repeat champions or even teams that have won more than one title in the in the last couple of years. You mentioned some of those defending champions will be strong. What do you think are sort of the challenges, uh, you know, of earning maybe those multiple titles in a sport like baseball um, that might not exist in some of the other sports that we see? Yeah, it's a, it's a very valid point. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, probably it has more to do with the nature of the sport, uh, very similar to hockey. If you have a hot goaltender, that goaltender can carry his that team on his back a long way. Baseball is very similar. Teams that do well in the postseason in baseball usually have, must have really two quality pitchers. Graduation, you lose pitchers, you lose players. It's, it's a more difficult thing. But parity is definitely there. Uh, maybe it's more to do with with the, with the sport, um, uh, low scoring, uh, a bad balance of hit here, more of an individualistic um, component to that game, even though it is a team game. So it's it's difficult to repeat, and it's probably more difficult in baseball than, than a lot of the other sports. Yeah, certainly interesting to to look through, and obviously, you know, every sport has its own idio. Uh, idiosyncrasies, so to speak. Um, you talked about some of those teams and some of the, the, the players that stood out to you on those teams. What are maybe a, a few other players that, that fans across the state could uh, could keep their eyes on, maybe that you hadn't mentioned from those, uh, those teams that jumped out at you? Sure. I mean, if you want to see a player, pro scouts are, have been there, college scouts have been there. Head on over to East Hampton, right off of Route 66 there, and, and watch Marvin Gorgas. He's only a junior. He's a pitcher. He's a shortstop. He saved the East Hampton's Class S title game two years ago uh, with, like, stellar pitching. Very good player, very solid. And that pro scouts have been looking at him the past couple years shows you what kind of player he is. Sure. Um, Pitcher up in Northwest Catholic, which I didn't mention, Matt Crispino, who's uh, the son of Mike Crispino, people might be familiar with, who does a lot of games on ESPN and and so forth. He's, his ERA was about two last year. He throws very hard. He's uh, headed to Fairfield, uh, so that's that's a player to keep an eye out for. Uh, let's see. Uh, over at Glastonbury, they have a new coach there, Eric Frank, who used to coach in Newington. They have a shortstop, Mike Conti, sharp fielder, very good glove, excellent range, uh, more of a... Uh, traditional type of shortstop he, he still hit over 300 but he's, he's got an excellent glove so you have so you have players that you know not just not just hitters out here you got you got pitchers you got fielders but off the top of my head those are those are some players to that fans might want to keep an eye out for and of course uh amity really you can watch most of their team uh is loaded but uh, they're very pitcher oriented down there yeah, great, uh, great stuff to keep an eye on. Uh, having come from a, a northern climate myself and, and played high school baseball in some some unfavorable conditions at times, uh, obviously, you know, anytime we talk winter sport or excuse me, spring sports, uh, you have to talk, unfortunately, about the weather a little bit. And, and this winter has certainly not been a 
an easy one for teams trying to get out there. From talking to coaches and, and maybe players uh, heading into the season, how have what, what sense have you gotten about how you know well prepared teams are for for play to kick off in the next couple of days, given the uh, the weather that we've challenges that we've had in the early in the uh, the year here. Frustration is the, is the most common word that I've heard from coaches. Uh, it's arguably one of, if not the worst, uh, three weeks heading into a season that, that coaches and teams have seen in the, in the past 10 or 20 years. Teams have not been able to, some teams haven't even been, get, been able to get outside. Their fields are still snow covered. I spoke with um, uh, Bunk. Bunty Ray, who's the coach over at Bristol Central, they had a scrimmage at Amity, and they played the game with while it was snowing. And he he said he had to leave the field after the game and hopped on the bus, and there was an inch of snow on the on the brim of his cap. So <laughs> it's not the best of seasons um, at all. But you know what? It, it hasn't been good for a lot of teams. Our team with with a with an artificial surface such as a Cheney Tech over in Manchester, they have an advantage because their field has been perfect. Yeah. So, but still, when you're throwing, and especially your concern is for pitchers, when you're throwing in when it's only 38 degrees outside, and you're exerting a lot of uh, stress on your arms and shoulders, it's a concern. But um, the other thing was after last spring, which we had a very warm spring. In fact, it was probably 10 degrees. Uh, higher than average. We had temperatures in the 60s and some in the 70s. So we've gone from that extreme last year to this extreme this year. And even to an opening day this season, uh, temperatures might reach the low 40s. So that's uh, that's tough baseball weather, but you know what? It's New England weather too. So to a degree, people have to – players have gotten used to it. But this has been, uh, this has been uh, one of, if, again, not the worst seasons uh, heading into – uh, the start of the regular season in a long, long time. Absolutely, and the the fun of uh, spring sports in New England certainly uh, raises the the difficulty level, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll we'll break out of this little weather funk we've been in, and, and maybe it'll lead to a to a wonderful uh, weather wise conclusion of the year with with very few rainouts and the like. We certainly uh, hope that that's the case. Tom Yance from the uh, the Hartford Current. Encourage everyone to check out his work at uh, online or, of course, in the print edition of The Current. And again, our, our first two-time podcast guest. So we appreciate him coming on again. And, Tom, thanks very much for your insights. And we'll see you out on the, on the fields around the state the, uh, this spring. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. Always great information that we get from Tom Yance, as well as our other guests this week, Pete Paguaga. Pat Pickens, and then Tom Yance. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Yance. Be sure to do that. He will keep you up to date with all sorts of stuff on his Twitter feed. And that's going to do it. We thank all of those guests who joined us this week. One thing I did want to mention, we talked a little bit uh, before about things you might have missed. And one thing that I missed in the things you might have missed was talk a little bit about the regular schedule here on CICsports.com. During the winter season, we started getting a few recurring posts, and what we're going to be trying to do during the spring season is every Monday, we will have a new Eye on the CIAC, where we recap some of the big games and interesting games from the previous week. We'll also have a look at the playoff rankings that you can find on CIACsports.com. As results start trickling in from the spring season, you can have an idea of where your favorite team may sit in those rankings as we head towards the postseason. Then on Fridays, we will have our weekly 
edition of Linked Up, which is trying to provide you with a chance to check out some of the interesting stories that have been written around the state and around the country about high school sports. So you've got those two features every week on CIACsports.com. I on the CIAC on Monday, linked up on Friday, and then we'll always try to have the CIAC cast for you sometime on Thursday afternoon. Always be sure to check out the CIAC.com just as it is. We may have other features coming up uh, every now and then, but those are the recurring things that you can look for on our weekly schedule now as we head into the heart of the spring season. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports. Follow us on Facebook. Be sure to like us there, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. If you want to send along an email talking to us a little bit here, get in touch with me. It is CIACCast at CASCIAC.org. So be sure to send those along as well. We would love to hear from them. love to hear any comments you might have about the CIACCast. So we had those great uh, intro music from Matt Fisher take us in. We're going to have him that same intro music and now outro music take you out. We hope to hear from you and hope you'll be back next week for another edition of the CIACCast. <laughs>